one of the things I pray for, and uh, we've got a measure of it, is homes uh, of believers in every street, uh, lane, uh, road, close in Lakenham. Um, it's interesting to see some of the people who have been added recently live here. Um, you've seen families coming in and uh, there are others of us who are moving into the area. Uh, so I'm believing to see that because I believe our mission is not uh, the mission of the church. It's not just to win converts, it's to change the culture. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I'm believing God to see uh, that we we bring change to the every level of the life of the whole community. Hello, welcome to the second episode of the Leftovers Testimony kind of series. Um, I'm joined by John. Hi, Will. And I'm very excited to dive into a small portion of your story. <laughs> I'm aware there's many, many um, things you, we could talk about, many experiences you could share of both um, challenge, but also God's provision and God's guidance. Uh, and Amen. If you want to hear, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how you'll co go about it, but anything that John hasn't shared, grab him on a Sunday if you've got a spare. I don't know how long you need. Buy me a coffee and I'll talk to you. There you go. Take him out for coffee. That's a good deal. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so, John, you, you grew up, not to give your age away, you grew up in the late 30s, 40s, is that right? And um, Pre-World War Two. Pre-World War Two. And was that in a Christian household? Uh, well, my mother was a Christian, my father wasn't, and he left my mother during World War Two. Um, whilst we were evacuated from London because of the bombing and uh, when we returned he'd gone uh, and left us. But my mother was a godly woman, uh, she made sure we all went to Sunday school uh, uh, and the like and attended church with her on Sunday evenings and uh, certainly she was responsible for teaching me to pray and read the Bible from a very young age. Wow. So a godly woman, but who had married an unbelieving uh, man. Mm. You grew up in an era where, on a Sunday morning, the people outside would just be going to church. That's a different world to now, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so we'll, ju <laughs> we'll jump ahead a decade or so to your time in the, in the military, in the army. So how, firstly, it was conscription, is that right? Conscription. Okay. At, at post-World War II, every young man from 18 years old, um, apart from those who had exceptions for apprenticeships or uh, university, every young man was called up into the forces. Um, I was called up into the army, um, into the Royal Army Pay Corps, because I'd been a, a clerk in an office prior to that. Um, so yes, uh, in August 1955, 
I was called up into the army. Wow. And so how long did you spend there? Uh, the period of conscription was two years. Okay. And in, in that time, you, were, you spent time in Dover, at Dover Castle? Dover Castle. I worked in the castle in the office, in mm. the actual castle keep. Wow. How was that? Fantastic. I mean, today I've revisited as a tourist, and it's a tourist attraction, but I used to walk over up through the main um, uh, entry to the castle, into the keep every day, uh, to the office where I, I worked. I suppose it had some benefits <laughs> working there. And after that, you were sent to Suez? To the Suez. Suez, okay. Yes, yes. Um, for that short episode, um, it was active service. I got an active service medal for that. Uh, Corporal John Bench, it says typed around the, the side of it. Uh, no, we, I never fired a, <laughs> a bullet in anger. Um, and, and during this time, you, you had an experience with the Lord, is that right? Yes, uh, post Suez, um, I went home uh, on Sundays. It was a cheap ticket from Dover Castle to uh, London uh, at the weekends. So I, one Sunday evening, I went to church and uh, afterwards uh, a guy came up to talk to me uh, who asked me about service and um, asking what I thought of it, etc. And uh, I went with him to the old people's home service that used to be conducted, and he talked to me about being a Christian uh, on the front line during the Korean War. And uh, I'd never heard anyone talk in that sort of way. I was in the army. I, uh, I understood what he's talking about. It impressed me deeply. So after that, of people's service, he took me to see the pastor who talked to me and said, John, if you become a Christian, be 100%. And that really uh, gelled with me. So the next weekend I came home and on the Saturday night, uh, on this occasion, went willingly. That's the key difference. Saturday yeah. evening went willingly to a service in Tooting Methodist Central Hall. And um, there was a... Dr. Sankster was the speaker in the London Emmanuel Choir, the choir, um, nothing touched me, nothing moved me. Um, but the conclusion, the Dr. Sankster made an appeal and we sang the hymn, Just As, Just As I Am. And uh, we sang it all through, seven verses. Uh, the preacher said, well, there are people here who need to respond. And uh, so we're going to sing it all again. <laughs> And it was during the verse that said, just as I am, I'm waiting not to rid my soul of one dark spot to thee whose blood can cleanse each blot. O Lamb of God, I come. And God convicted me very deeply. Um, I was in the front row of the gallery. I went up and down the stairs and walked to the front of the building. And I knew when I arrived at the front, I'd been born again. Oh. I knew I was a Christian. My life was changed. As I walked home from there, um, I knew everything was different. And I went back to the barracks Sunday night late on. Uh, you to get the, the 11.59 from Charing Cross uh, to Dover. And uh, so I got into the barrack room, the big barrack room. There were about 16 of us uh, to sleep there. 
and uh, no curtains, the moon was shining in. I sat up in bed and uh, was convicted that Christ had died to save me from my sin. And I just sat there and cried as that conviction went. If any of the guys had (laughs) woken up, they'd have, (laughs) what in the world's wrong with him? Uh, The next night, Monday night, um, I sat on my bed, pulled out a Bible and read it and then got down on my knees and prayed with the guys in the barrack room there. Mm. Um, I changed Mm. uh, because I certainly wouldn't have done that prior to that, even though my background was church and Sunday school and boys brigade and and the like. But uh, no, I'd been born again and I was never going to look back from that, from that day on. Amazing. And um, how long was it until you left the army from that point? Uh, Six months. Six months. Okay, so it's towards the end of your your conscription. Um, What did you do after the army? Was it, I, I know you spent time at Bible college, we'll get to that that period of your life in a, in a short while, but what was the gap between the military and training for college, uh, training for ministry, sorry? Well, I, I went to Bible school um, in 1962. Um, uh, so the period from 57 to 62, okay. um, I worked in a department store, um, I was on a progression towards management, mm. uh, doing well, um, got on to a thousand pound a year in those days, a thousand pound a year was big money, mm. you were only well beginning to make your mark um, uh, in a business I, I was good at and uh, was going to prosper in, um, but I was also, um, I shortly after I left the military, I felt God was calling me to full-time Christian ministry. Um, I was quite sure he'd made a mistake. The message had come to the wrong address. I could tell him about young men in the in the church who were in um, grammar schools, going on to be accountants and solicitors, doctors, that he should go to them. I left school at 15, no educational qualifications of any sort. So clearly God must have got it wrong. Um, but he persisted. And uh, in due time, I went to talk to the pastor and tell him I thought he'd tell me to forget it. Um, but he didn't. Uh, in those days, he worked in a department store. You worked Monday to Saturday with a half day on Wednesday. He had me to his home on Wednesday afternoons, he tried to teach me, teach me English grammar and Greek at the same <laughs> time to this uneducated uh, uh, young man. Um, I applied uh, twice to Spurgeon's College that wasn't accepted, there were reasons for that, but I applied to London Bible College um, and I'd misread the requirements for access to the college uh, and so I'd studied through three O-levels but which was the requirement for the qualification, the diploma in theology I was looking to date um, but the college entry requirement was four. Oh. So in those days the interview 
for a college was with the principal mm. and several other members of the faculty <laughs> and you sat down and were questioned by them and Dr. Kevin asked me, well, how come this difference between... So I, I was frank about it that um, I, I, <laughs> I, missed <the> <laughs> I missed that information. Uh, anyway, uh, I think they must have been convinced that I had a, a calling mm. and a passion um, so I got in. Amazing. I was accepted. I used to feel I was the only man in the college that didn't have the qualifications to be there. <laughs> but I'd been accepted. So. And, and being at LBC, uh, more than one way has changed your life, effectively. You, you met Doreen there. You met your wife. Uh, what a woman. You, you trained um, in theology. How long was that course? Uh, well, three years of college here and then two years for the diploma. Okay. And we'll, we'll fast forward a bit again. You're, you're married to Doreen. You... That's quite a story. But... It's is quite, I'm sure, again, buy Johnny coffee. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to, to piece together. You were in the Dudley area after Bible College, is that yes. right? Netherton, which is uh, just outside Dudley in Worcestershire. Okay. Was the first church I went to. The Baptist area superintendent for that area uh, invited me um, to preach with a view, as the Baptist called it, <laughs> to that pastorate. And uh, I was invited to settle there, which I did. Yeah. And how long were you in Netherton for? Um, I think it was three years, eight months. Um, I was there for eight months uh, on my own because Doreen was completing her Bible scholars year. She came up a, a year after me and then uh, the rest of the time with, with Doreen. Mm. And that's during that time Claire was born. Claire was born, yeah. So what, from when, I need, to, for, I, I need, I need your pastor to teach me English grammar. Um, at what point did you leave Netherton? Netherton left because um, basically the, the church was just mainly religious. Okay. Um, it's hard to identify anyone who had a living faith uh, and really wanted to go on with God. Mm. And uh, Dorian and I felt it was utterly barren um, and we sought God. Um, and prayed about it and felt convinced that he was leading us to, to look for a move. I went to see the area superintendent and he affirmed, yes, that's fine. And um, so um, I looked to him for possible openings in other Baptist churches. Okay. And that drew you to Norwich? And so the only one that uh, I, I looked at was uh, I came to preach with a view at Silver Road Baptist Church, Norwich, which is now defunct. Um, and uh, I preached morning and evening, met with the deacons during the afternoon. And um, on the Monday morning, sat up in bed uh, here in Norwich before I returned home to Netherton. Um, I was reading my Bible reading and a scripture that God had given to Dorian and I 
before we came together, um, it spoke to me very clearly. Um, and I knew that morning that Norwich was the place for us to come. Mm. And so when I had a phone call the following Friday saying, if the church invites you to come, would you come? I said yes. And um, three months flat, we were here in Norwich. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that, that call and your call to the city and not to that church in a little bit, because I find that very inspiring and very moving that you, you felt called to the city itself. Um, so you're, you're down in Silver Road Baptist. At what point did you uh, link up with the, I mean, this is a whole huge story in itself as well, with the um, Harvest Time guys? At what point was that? Well, that was uh, considerably later. Okay. Because um, I had four years with the Baptists, mm -hmm. where we saw a move of God, um, uh, people being baptised in the Spirit, mm. uh, some remarkable healings, uh, charismatics from around the town beginning to come. Um, uh, uh, so that's the story. And then we came out of the Baptist, which meant um, the house and the income. Yes, I wanted to go went. to this, yeah. Um, and um, it was harvest time was after the church that came later had grown to a certain point and we made a link with, um, okay. to a member um, with the, the harvest time as it was emerging. Okay, so my, my timelines were slightly mixed up. Talk to us about the, the time where you were without the house. We don't need to go into the details of the, the church and the, you leaving the church, but talk to us about having a young family. At this point, Simon was born as well. You had your wife, your, your two children, and you're almost out on the streets. So, so how do you continue to believe that God has called you to Norwich? How, how do you go through that? Well, we, we knew we were called to Norwich. So when the time of ministry came to an end at Silver Road, um, we weren't going to, as would have been perfectly acceptable in Baptist circles, preach with a view around the country until... Yeah we could move and then go. Um, but we felt called to Norwich, so the house went and the, the income with it. And as you say, I've got a wife and two children, um, some second-hand furniture, and uh, there we are. Um, we stepped out to buy a property, had no money in the bank. Um, it was... £18,000, a five-bedroom detached property in uh, Thorpe St Andrew, a very nice area, mm. um, unmade-up road, individual properties. Um, we felt convicted of, of God for that. Um, the deposit came in. Um, we had gifts, money put through the letterbox. Um, the morning that the deposit was due to be paid, had a phone call to say, um, are you still needing money? We were £50 short of deposit. And the man said, uh, God's told me to give you £500. <laughs> so we had the deposit plus £450. Wow. I paid it down and the money stopped. Right. The owner said, you can move in. This is from at contracts. Mm. So before the completion. So we moved in. But the money stopped, and no more money came. Mm. We had um, 
very interesting meeting with the solicitor <laughs> I'm sure. and the owner, who was a Christian man, said, you can stay there, but I'll put it back on the market. If you get the money, you can complete. If you don't, then you'll have to move out. Yeah. We stayed there 15 months. Uh, it was a very challenging, difficult time. Yeah. For six months, I was unemployed. And then eventually got a job in the Norwich Co-op back in soft furnishing, which I'd been in the department stores before. That was, that's quite a story in itself. Um, but um, the money didn't come. When people came to view, Doreen would take the children and go around the city uh, because she couldn't face it. I got to the point of feeling I'm going to drop out, just go. I even considered suicide may be a way out. Um, Doreen found it exceedingly difficult at that time because we put all our eggs in one basket. We trusted God, believed he'd led us to do this. Um, at the outset of moving in, I felt God said very clearly to us, my grace is sufficient for you. And when we came out of that property, because it was sold now over mm -hmm. our heads, I felt he said again, you see, my grace is sufficient. None of the things you thought would happen actually happened. Um, and uh, when we came out, we ended up for six months in a, in a bed set uh, over the home, in the home of the, the couple that uh, managed at that time the Christian Literature Crusade bookshop that used to be in Norwich, who they very kindly took us in. And so we lived in a bedsit um, on Prince of Wales Road. Um, and during that time, I, I got the job in the Norwich Corp, as I said. And uh, on one occasion, I went to London for a, an exhibition, fabric exhibition, to meet manufacturers, producers and that, as, as you do. And I met the man who I used to um, be the assistant to uh, in the London store. Mm. And uh, he, he was going back to Wales to go into sheep farming. As you do um, in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the following week, um, I got a call from the senior manager of the store I used to work in offering me a job in London. Right. Um, it could have had a house with it. Mm. Um, I knew them well. Mm. The job was mine on yeah. the plate. I said no. Yeah. Because we were called to Norwich. Wow. The fact that we were living in a bed set <laughs> with a house group as a church. Mm. Um, uh, so it wasn't the issue. Yeah. The issue was the calling, mm. and so we were called to be here. In that time, Dorian said to me, well, I'll go home to Mum with the children um, until you've got somewhere for us to live. Um, her mother lived in Hadley Wood, a very salubrious area of London, 
huge property, vast garden. Um, I said, no, because mm. you'll never come back. And she stayed, which is quite remarkable. Mm. And a commitment of faith from Doreen. Yes. And uh, eventually, the senior manager I was responsible for, to in the Norwich Co-op, picked up the phone and called Nationwide, which used to be part of the co-op movement, said, I've got a young man, needs a mortgage, I'm going to send him to you. <laughs> uh, we got a mortgage and moved into a, a small, brand new three-bedroom house. Wow. Um, just like that? Just like that. Wow. Yes. God, God really does reward faith and, and um, trust, doesn't he? Especially through, through times like that. Um, yes. Incredible. And so you, you're into this three-bed house. You mentioned you had a house church. Were you pastoring that? Uh, yes, I was. Okay. And where did that go? What happened to, to that congregation? Well, it started out with 11 of us, seven adults, four children. Mm. Um, it grew and grew. We moved from one house to another house, to a hall in the community centre, to a bigger hall in the community centre, into schools, mm. eventually into the uh, Odeon Cinema. Oh, well, okay. Um, um, because we saw that kind of growth. Wow. Um, because God's anointing was on it. On the way through that, I joined the Harvest Time mm. Ministry and became part of the apostolic team, mm. travelled the, the country, um, ministering, had a circuit that was of churches I ministered amongst in Lincolnshire, Cambridgeshire, Suffolk and Norfolk. Um, God's hand was on it. Yeah, praise God. Uh, we're going to zoom forward a little bit as well, because I really want to get to Lakenham and the church here in Lakenham. So you're, you're in this, what was the name of the, the church? Christian Norwich Christian Fellowship. Norwich Christian Fellowship. You're, you're leading Norwich Christian Fellowship. There comes a time where the, the, the move of God in that area comes to, comes, would you say it came to an end in that area? Or there was uh, a... There no, was a I came out of harvest time because of their issues, ungodly issues, and felt convicted of God, we need to leave. Mm -hmm. So I brought the church out, and that meant I ceased ministering to that circuit of churches. Um, uh, but there was a move amongst those who opposed to that, who then, therefore, they went away and formed a church, and that was the uh, was probably two-thirds of the congregation we had at that time. And uh, so the office we had had to go, we couldn't afford it anymore, and mm. uh, need to make adjustments. And um, we looked for somewhere to be and eventually felt led uh, to, to this run-down form of congregational stroke became URC mm. church property here in Lakenham. And here we are today. And it's, here we are still it's today. In, it's incredible. That um, was what, 1989, I think. So you've, you've been yourself and the church in a various forms down in this area since 1989. What have you seen God do? I mean, this could be a whole <laughs> podcast episode in itself. Um, let's, let's go with the, the current church format. What have you seen God do in Christian Fellowship Norwich with New Hope? Yes. Um, well, we've seen, first of all, it took a while to adjust from the, the 
bigger church setting to smaller um, and more locally based, less mm. eclectic church, more um, community church. Mm. Um, and recognising the mission that was now the mission that we were called to um, in order to develop a work into this locality to see God change this community. Mm. Um, as, as part, I was still part of a, a wider ministry in terms of the city, because we had felt our, Dorian and I felt our calling was to the city yeah. um, in uh, churches together in Greater Norwich, which we rebranded as uh, Transforming Norwich mm. and uh, did things like brought a food bank to Norwich, street pastors to Norwich, um, started, uh, what was it called? There's a, a, a mental block for a minute. Okay. Celebrate, <laughs> Celebrate Norwich in Norfolk, uh, which I ran for 11 years. Mm. So we're involved in wider ministry uh, as well as in uh, leadership training and some, quite a bit of overseas ministry, as well as uh, establishing the work down here, fathering a church that has uh, gone on to become well-established and uh, received in the community. Yeah, it's been a joy to, to be a part of, of this church for the short amount of time Beth and I have moved down and see how God has worked in that short time since before lockdown when the numbers dropped to maybe like 11 or 15 on a Sunday. Now we're up to 50. Who knows what God will do? So, so what is your hope for not just this church, but, but for Lakenham? What's your hope, hope and prayer for this, this area? Well, one of the things I pray for, and uh, we've got a measure of it, is homes uh, of believers in every street, uh, lane, uh, road, mm. close in Lakenham. Mm. Um, it's interesting to see some of the people who have been added recently live here. Yeah. Um, you've seen families coming in mm. and uh, there are others of us who are moving mm. into the area. Uh, so I'm believing to see that because I believe our mission is not uh, the mission of the church, is not just to win converts, mm. it's to change the culture. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I'm believing God to see uh, that we, we bring change to the, every level of the life of the whole community. Mm. Um, I believe that's uh, personal salvation is the essential ingredient for each of us and all of us but for the home the family the community every aspect of the life of the community is our mission yeah. and commission from the lord wow how would you to, to close out now how would you encourage those listening in their walk with the lord i, I realize that could be a sermon in itself <laughs> a series yes <laughs> i i would say uh, stay close to the Lord, be filled with the Spirit, immersed in the Word, 
committed in fellowship relationship with God's people, uh, keep growing and believing and be the witness God calls you to be uh, in your home, your family, uh, your community, your work life, uh, in the whole of life. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing a little kind of sliver of your, your journey with the Lord. Again, John loves coffee. And if you want to hear more of his story, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to, to go to a coffee shop with you. Certainly. Yeah, and recommend a new one to him. I mean, you'd like to replace yes. Costa, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, we are having another one of our church leaders next week. I'm unsure who yet. I don't know who's around. We'll find out. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you very soon. Thank you, John. Thank you.